Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of the Atlantic Bushcraft Adventures. Tonight, episode 55. And seeing it's the hot topic in, uh, kind of around the globe right now, uh, we're going to kind of talk a little bit about the coronavirus and what that means in general for people and kind of how that relates into the bushcrafting thing. Um, so yeah, the, the coronavirus. Obviously, if you don't know what the coronavirus is uh, and you've just come up out of your hovel in the woods for our podcast, which is awesome, but uh, it's, it's a virus that's... Kind of like the SARS virus, if I understand it correctly, but it's not the SARS virus, but it's based on the strain that's similar to the SARS virus. Anyway, it's like a really bad respiratory ailment, um, and it, it's really affecting the older generations and people with immune deficiencies. It, it causes uh, a bad respiratory infection, and it causes a lot of scarring and stuff in the lungs that uh, some people don't have the ability to recover from, and some actually get pneumonia, which is another big thing that a lot of people can't recover from. So it's a real nasty thing. Um, and unfortunately, a good deal of the population uh, is just kind of shrugging it off and thinking, oh, it's just a bad flu, I'm not going to worry about it, which, my opinion, is not really the right idea. But why? give us your two cents on it, Ben, and I'm going to do our normal do there. Yeah. Uh, so... You've covered off the basics here. I mean, it's it's. I believe it originated more or less in China. It's it's it jumped the animal-human barrier, which is never a great thing. And from my understanding, slightly after it made that jump to humans, which is is somewhat rare. But then it went from being able to go from animals to humans to from humans to humans, which is the next sort of mutation it went through. And then it went through a third mutation. So I think there's two two versions of it, and it it's quite viral it, it travels quite well um and uh it peaked really quickly in china uh, south korea italy got hit ridiculously hard um and now it's here uh we're in the same stage that they were in a few weeks ago and they started off with 10 15 and ended up in the thousands and uh, the, the theory is we're probably going to end up with similar type numbers but what they want to do is flatten the curve and what they mean by that is spread it out so that a few people get it over a long period rather than a, quite a few people getting over a short period and overwhelming our, our, our hospitals and our ability to deal with it. Flattening the curve means that more people are going to be able to get the attention at the hospitals and the medicines when they need it, where if we don't, if we go about our day-to-day -day business, we all intermingle, this will go through the population like wildfire, and we will have hundreds of people showing up to the hospital when there's only dozens of beds available. And they're going to have the unfortunate option to send people home that should really not be sent home. Uh, if, if you followed uh, Italy, they've actually enacted a rule. I don't know if it's going to happen to push them out as long as they can. But basically, they're stating at some point, if it gets out of hand, they will have turn away everyone that's over 80 simply because they can't. They can't handle the, the population, and those people are at such a high risk, the likelihood of them being able to help them is pretty low, so they're going to concentrate their efforts on those that are more easily savable. Uh, and that's a horrible decision that anyone should ever have to make. It's a type of decision that's made in wartime, uh, and uh, we, we don't want to see that happen here. So, that being said, I don't really want to become the next spokesperson for for COVID-19 or coronavirus. No. But and we should what? mention before we go too far, Ben, neither of us medical are medical professionals. <laughs> These are solely our opinions for the Atlantic Bushcraft Adventures uh, figureheads here, being myself, Robert, and Ben. And, I mean, this is just FYI information. Take it with a grain of salt. We recommend you do your own research and listen to... Uh, basically the, uh, the the Corona update page there, which here in Nova Scotia is Nova Scotia forward slash uh, coronavirus, is it not? Uh, I'm not 100% sure. Um, but I agree, you know, 100%. Uh, the reality is do your own research and all that. But but take I, I, I seriously urge everyone to take it seriously. Uh, I've, I myself have tried my best at social distancing. Uh, that may be a natural thing for me. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, 
But I, I guess this is where we're going to bring this into a, a bushcraft world. Why do we care about this as a bushcraft? What, what, what does this bring to us? Now, some of us are uh, in that boat where we have compromised immune systems. So some of our, our family, uh, you know, our bushcraft family, are the type of people that if they get it, will, will suffer greatly if, if they can recover from it at all. And, and none of us want to see that happen. Nobody wants to see someone get sick. Nobody wants to be responsible that, you know, Joe now has the coronavirus because I went to visit him and I wasn't thinking and I wasn't showing any symptoms when I showed up and now he's sick. What we are, are here to tell you about, though, is what can you do during social distancing or social isolation, whatever you want to call it. And you can still go for a hike. In fact, the government's encouraging you go for a hike stay away from people don't go holding hands with anyone that you're basically not living with or you're not going to be in constant contact anyways uh wash your hands but go outside get fresh air do things it's perfectly fine to set up your hammock and go for a nap it's perfectly fine to have a little campfire and do a, a cookout with your your uh your your family or your you know your immediate circle of friends that you can't get away from for whatever if, if you happen to have roommates or the people that you have to associate with anyone else minimize that social contact so even at, at work try and keep your distance make sure you keep your hands and stuff clean but get out there that's the one thing we can still do the one normal thing that we can still maintain is our bushcrafting we can get out and we can carve sticks we can get out and make little fires and practice uh, hunting techniques, tracking, whatever. I mean, within the law, I'm not telling you to go snare animals out of season or anything like that, but uh, you can still do a lot of the stuff without actually killing an animal outside of season. You can still learn how to track down an animal. You can still get photographs. Uh, I've said before, if someone came to me one day and said, you can't go hunting ever again, Ben. I would be okay with it if I could still go with a camera and take pictures, or if I could still go myself and like pair of binoculars and record what I see. Get out there, learn what you can, do things. Uh, it's it's one of the things, like, this is the great thing about this hobby. It's something we can still do. You don't have to have access to tons of people. You don't need to buy a ton of stuff to do this. This is something that we can do ourselves. We can get out. I mean, plenty of us do self, you know, we do our own lone camping uh, or, or an extremely confined group uh but it's it's what's available now uh and, and i wonder i don't know who's if anyone's watching it says there's two watching two watching those... nobody has commented yet but sad yeah. us uh i mean and that's to be expected i imagine people are still trying to take everything in stride themselves uh but the important thing you said ben was oh. just that it's isolation not stay in your house like, this is not apocalypse, end of days. You don't have to hunker down in your house and close your blinds and walk out through the mail slot. This is just stay away from people. And staying away from people means, like, give them a little bit of room. It doesn't mean you can't see anyone. It means don't come within that range of potential carrier transmission, which I think they're saying is about 15 feet. Or Anyway, the, the, the rule of thumb is just basically stay away from people. You know what I mean? The, the yeah. further, the better. But that doesn't mean hunker down in your house and hoard toilet paper and hand sanitizer and stuff like that. Like, just the big thing. I'm making a joke. But, I mean, that's kind of realistically where some people have gone. And that is not the case. It's just stay away from people. Do your do. It, it's a perfect time seeing that uh, kids and stuff aren't in school and they close schools down to try and stop the spread part of social distancing. Uh, great time if you have kids and they're in the age group, teach them how to cook, teach them how to do laundry, teach them a little bit about taxes, teach them a little bit about life that they don't get taught in school. Because uh, especially if your kids are in like that, let's say 13 to 18 range, those are skills they're going to need very soon in the future. And unfortunately, our school system does not do an entire job uncovering all those topics. They do the best they can. They're trying to set them up academically, and it kind of falls back to the parents to try and set them up socially kind of if that makes any kind of sense but anyway yeah teach them how to like cook properly clean um maybe a little bit about taxes you know uh, maybe a little bit about how to change the oil if they own a car change a tire fix a tire plug a hole or 
It's a great time to take them into the woods and teach them how to use a ferro rod. Teach them how to track an animal. Teach them uh, how to make a whistle, because we are getting to that time of year where the you might actually be able to start making a whistle. <laughs> it's so close, buddy. I know you're you're just itching to try it again, aren't you? Three times I've been out checking the, the alders. Three times. Not quite there yet. <laughs> but no, realistically, it's go outside and learn a few things and teach your kids a few things and just keep the social distancing in mind because social distancing, if you do look at the information online, does help the spread. It's not malarkey. It's not baloney. It statistically works and it's proven to work. So it is a good thing. It's not crazy people. It's not uh, the government trying to control what you're doing. It's w legitimately a way to stop mass spread of any kind of virus, even the common cold. It's proven to work. So, but that does, like we said, it doesn't mean like disappear off the face of the planet. It just means keep your distance from people. Hey, you gonna join hey, us again tonight? I got attacked. <laughs> Now, I'm doing my podcast. You're going to have to go away. No. Oh, Ben. You meanie. I locked my office door, so I can't say much. <laughs> but, uh... I thought I had an eye on it. But, I mean, that perfect time of year. Uh, it's warmer during the days now. Today was a beautiful day. I don't know if you got out yourself, Ben. I didn't from my work, of course. But, um... Beautiful day. Perfect for going for walks in the woods. You don't have to dress super heavy. Uh, you may need some snowshoes, depending on where you're at and how much snow is down. And if it's that weird kind of... That clunky snow, as I call it. It looks solid, but you just touch it and you could go like three inches or three feet straight through it. You know what I mean? There's no consistency to it. Uh, but it's a good time. Get out, walk around. Maybe look for chaga. Maybe do some tree identification. Um, just look for spots to go camping when the weather gets better if yeah, that is so your thing or maybe look for spots to go camping now bed adventures take your hammock go try some hammock setups go try some tarp setups like there is a plethora of things you can do because let's face it ben as a bushcrafter generally when you go out in the woods you're going by yourself or in very small groups anyway so if you're used to very small groups, well, now you're a group of one or you and your family or whoever happens to be living in your household, or it's just yourself and things go on as normal. Would you agree? Yes. Um, sorry, I was a bit distracted. Um, I know. That's why I just kind of let you run with it. <laughs> uh, we have no snow here. The ground is kind of mushy soft. Um, I, I did go for a walk just before the podcast with the dog. We tried yesterday to get to a waterfall. Um the trail wasn't what we expected, so we're going to go back later to week. Now we've talked to some people and found out some more information. Um, but, uh, yeah, it is it is the perfect time to get out. Um, it's not my favorite weather. Don't get me wrong. But it's good weather. It's, getting, it's warming up. The days are getting much longer now. I'm sure, you know, it's much more noticeable. Uh, there for a while, it seemed like you got off work, it was pitch dark. Now, you know, it's 7, 30, 8 o'clock, you still got decent light. And we're far uh, enough so through it that daylight savings time is no longer kicking our butts. Hopefully, most of us right. have adjusted to it now. Maybe. Um, yeah. But yeah, so uh, the, the big joke was, remember last week when the daylight savings time and Friday the 13th, and we were worried about all that bad luck? Yeah, well, it yeah. came. Good time. <laughs> uh, but no, uh, I mean, I'm I'm really looking forward to the upcoming weeks. Uh, I do know that, you know, things are going to be hard for a lot of us here in Atlantic Canada and Canada-wide. And I know the rest of the world is, is, is going through similar things. Uh, they may be in different stages. Uh, a few countries have now pretty well started recovering quite well by, from it. Other countries are, are in the same uh stage that we are where it's just coming in and they're trying to react to it but uh and i guess we are. that's a good point there's countries are trying to react to it and i i don't know about your uh social click because i i don't want to divulge too much but i am still at work uh my work is considered an essential service and i think you're quite the same there ben 
But I know a lot of people at work have this common misconception of, uh, I'm not going to bother, it's not going to help. And unfortunately, that's the exact mentality that causes it not to work and not to help. I know it sounds ridiculous, the social distancing thing and stuff like that, but it would be i seen it online and it just rung in my head and it's kind of been what I've been carrying with me. Wouldn't it be great if two months from now we went, oh, hey, we overreacted, it was nothing? Uh, then two months from now going, holy hell, guys, I wish we had done more and really paid attention. Keep that in mind. What are you out? You know what I mean? It, it's like the whole climate change, global warming, is it a myth, is it not? What are you going to hurt by making it better? Absolutely nothing. There is no losing on this, guys. Absolutely none, except for a bit of mild inconvenience. And in the big scheme of things, is two months really a big inconvenience on your potential of 80 plus years on this planet no and and we we've we we briefly hit this just before we came on here. um but i didn't say these words so when i was in the military they talked about a good leader versus a bad leader and a good leader has to make a decision and our government regardless of what you think about them uh, whose side you're on, I really don't care. I don't care about governments in general. But, or at least parties, um, they've made a decision. And if we don't stand behind them, if we don't work with them, then we never know if it would have worked or could have worked. But it, the fact is they've made a decision. They've invested a lot of time and a lot of money in this decision. Like, this isn't cheap. The, the decision the government made isn't cheap. It's going to cost us probably for years to come, to recover from this. They've made this decision trying to save lives and make everyone's existence better for the next few years. And if we don't do our part, if we don't quarantine ourselves if we leave the country and come back, if we don't isolate ourselves when we feel something's going on... Um, I was going to the airport. Yeah, I was just about to say, I thought they closed most of the borders and flights and stuff, but... Pick up. Pick up. Yeah, it makes sense. I know there's some returning can Canadians coming. If you touch anyone from the airport, you go in 14 days for quarantine. <laughs> Just uh, for going to the I, airport, I, I think you're in 14 days quarantine now. <laughs> I work at the airport. What am I supposed to do? Stay at the airport <laughs> for 14 days. Actually, there's more to that story we'll talk afterwards. I can't say it online. It's kind of confidential information. But anyway... <clears throat> Yeah. Um, no, uh, we, you know, the government has made some recommendation. I think we should all do our best to follow it. They've even got a stitch line out. If you see somebody who did come from out of out of country, and they're supposed to go immediately home, do not pass go, do not collect two hundred dollars, do not go to the grocery store, don't go to your grandmother's house to say hi to her, don't go see anyone, go straight home, have friends and family drop food off outside your house. And do not interact with them for 14 days to minimize the chance of you passing anything you may or may not have gotten on. Uh, and it sounds like a lot. It sounds terrible. Realistically, uh, me and my family, we're dealing with it now. The in-laws just came back from Mexico. They are adhering to the self-isolation. They're, they're, they actually came back before the self-isolation was put in. Uh, they got back probably a week and a half ago now. And literally, as soon as it rolled in, they had the time, they had the availability and the... Uh, to do it, they're just like, you know what, why take the chance? Why take yeah. the chance at spreading that around? And that's kind of the mentality we kind of got to get on, everyone. It's, it's The government is, like Ben said, I don't care if you're liberal, conservative, MDP, Green Party, you know, the spaghetti monster, whatever you believe, good on you. That's your right. Yeah. But the government we have in play right now, like, um, they are doing their best. They are making... Choices based on the recommendations of the World Health Organization uh, and the Minister of Health here in Canada. It's not just arbitrary things they're plucking out of the air and deciding, oh, this might work. Like, no, these are things that are researched and statistically proven to work, providing the populace, us as people, assist and follow some of these rules. And I think the non-Bushcraft side of it, that's the only thing I can stress, is like, Everybody has to do their part. It's one of those times in life where it's time to step up or shut up. And if you don't step up, when it all comes off the rails, you do not have a right to say squat. You know what I mean? No. No. 
and it only takes one person to infect hundreds of people. Like it, it does. It seems a bit ridiculous, but it really can happen. If you happen to go work in a fast food industry and you got hundreds of people coming through, and you, you know, you aren't washing your hands, and people are grabbing food that you touch. Next thing you know, hundreds of people could get infected by you, and that goes on and on and on. And each one of those people can affect tens and dozens of people. And that's how these things, they travel exponentially. But they also have a very limited life span. So if you can nip it in the bud, that one person that you don't spread it to, he can't spread it to anyone else because he didn't get it, and so on and so forth. You can kill this off so quickly and easily by simply avoiding risk of contamination. So both you spreading it, if you potentially have it, or you from getting it by keeping your hands clean, don't touch your face. I mean, these are all things they're telling us everywhere. Um, I am so bad for touching my face. Like, I, it is everything oh. I can do not to be like mauling my face, knowing I can't. It's even worse. Uh, and yeah, a good. I told the population at my work today that the ability to help or defeat ourselves is literally in our own hands, yeah. and that's what it is. Like the ability to either come out of this lightly scathed or to crash and burn is literally in our hands. And we kind of have to make that choice as, as a civilization, in all honesty. Like the country of Canada has to decide, all right, we're going to try and do something about this or, ah, don't worry about it. And if you go with the, ah, don't worry about it, it might be fine. It could be catastrophic. If you go with the, okay, we're going to do something about this. Well, chances are it's probably going to go okay. Even if you didn't need to, it's still going to go okay. Um, and you mentioned that this, this has worked historically. There, there's Somebody was actually talking about uh, when the plague was going on. A lot of people basically self-isolated back then. Uh, and it worked. The people that self-isolated stayed away from the populace and generally... So did better than the ones who didn't. Now, with the plague, I think it was spread by rats. You're still somewhat limited in what you can do. Um, we can't we can't control all eventualities, but we can minimize the risk, and that's what this is all about. Uh, and as we said, and this is what I want to really push: bushcrafting is actually minimizing the possibilities of you getting it. Because if you're out in the middle of the woods. There's no one else out there. You're not going to spread it to you. you you're by yourself. There's no you know. Now, that being said, if you are displaying symptoms of being sick, even if it's not corona, don't Stay. go to the woods. <laughs> <laughs> this is only if you're feeling good and you're starting to go shack happy. There is nothing, not even the government, saying, oh, no, you can't go for a walk in the woods. No. Um, no, you're right. The last thing you want to do, if you're, you're feeling poorly is to go out for a three-day hike and get in a day and a half and realize that was a really bad decision because now you have a day and a half to get out but you're feeling miserable so that could be three or four days trying to get out and you simply don't have that i probably do not have that kind of supplies nor do you want to deal with the colder temperatures the wet <laughs> no, no no i don't think you Great. And the thing is, regardless of the animal that's passing it, once it's cooked, uh, the virus, and for anybody listening, I guess, Gary made the point, uh, he was making a little bit of a joke, I uh, haven't heard anything about trope passing it, and April 1st isn't far off, being the first day efficiencies in our neck of the woods, uh, for any animal, for the coronavirus anyway, and most viruses, not all, but most viruses, do your research, um, once it's cooked thoroughly and world health organization recommends cooking all venison or wild game thoroughly sorry people out there that like stuff blue rare um that most pathogens viruses and bacteria will be killed by that uh, once again not all do your research make your own opinion but this is one of them they say that it's will die once it's cooked uh the risk factor is contamination by that animal before it's cooked so either yeah. by you know touching it while it's alive or touching it after it's been dispatched and it's has some sort of surface bacteria on it like there's your 
danger zone. So with everything, uh, be mindful of what you do. Uh, I'm not saying don't go hunt. I'm a, an avid hunter myself, love it. Uh, but I also don't run out and skin my prey and run my hands through my face and into my mouth and up my nose and through my hair. Like, I do what I need to do and then go wash up. You know what I mean? Like, uh, these things are great. Well, not these ones specifically, but wet, wet wipes and stuff like that. That's a great way to just get the majority of stuff off your hands and then hand sanitizer. Or better yet, wear gloves. Like, limit yeah. your contact. Yeah, hand sanitizer is great, uh, and wet wipes. Uh, we talked about alternatives to toilet paper as a, as a bit of a joke because, I mean, people are bu buying a ton of stuff from the store. They're hoarding stuff that they probably don't need to. Uh, I, I was reading some of the things from Italy, and they said like hoarding was not required there. They had food and supplies in, in the grocery stores. That wasn't their problem. It was people were, were getting stir-crazy, going out and meeting up, especially the one I read was talking about teenagers going out to parties and stuff, and it spread like wildfire through those parties. Um, so alternatives to toilet paper, uh, wet wipes are a great alternative. You do have to be careful. You can't flush them. Mm -hmm. uh, and the ones I buy are biodegradable, but they take a while. So if you're in the woods, yeah. And I still don't recommend flushing those ones too, the biodegradable ones, and even the sewer safe, which I have seen in baby wipes. Don't flush yeah. them. <laughs> if it's not yeah. toilet paper, it shouldn't be going down the toilet. But the problem is, yeah, maybe it does flush, but it's much stronger mm. than toilet paper. So if it hooks in anything, or if it bunches up, it's not going to break down in two to three hours. It's going to break down in two to three weeks um, or more. And in that time, it can back your sewer up way big time. So don't flush anything that's not meant to flush. And that's really anything that you absolutely don't need to flush. <laughs> exactly. Um, in the woods, uh, I'm sure we've all, you know, you, you, you definitely have to be kind of picky with what you choose. Uh, in the winter, I heard snow works quite well. Although it can be quite refreshing. I was going to say, it's quite startling. I can tell you that much. I have used it. Uh, certain snows work better than others. I don't recommend ice. No. <laughs> Although, if you've had hot wings the day before. The ice might be welcome. <laughs> it may be a welcome relief. <laughs> um, moss is another one that I've often heard and uh, sort of tried. Uh, and it does work. Uh, quite well. Uh, leaves, I don't recommend leaves. Not in our neck of the woods. They never seem to... You can get some maple leaves at the right time of year. The broadleaf maple leaves. Uh, broad, yeah, broadleaf maple leaves, uh, like your sugar maples and stuff like that. They'll be okay, depending on the time of year. Uh, it's, it's trial and error. That's the best I can say. And trial is not so bad. Air is very bad. <laughs> um, and and I mean, we're going to come back to if you're doing any of these things, proper hygiene is extremely important. Make sure you wash your hands clean afterwards, especially with any alternative means because it may not be as clean. But regardless, make sure your hands are cleaned afterwards. Uh Hand sanitizer is great after the fact, but doesn't really remove dirt. It just kills germs that are there. And you have uh, to be able so. to find some first. <laughs> right now, hand sanitizer is hot commodity. So I was in the pharmacy the other day, and there was a, a lady there, and she was asking for hand sanitizer, and she was told, no, no, we're out. Like, we've been out for days, and it's going to be a walk. So being, being who I am, I went walk over to the uh, the pharmacy part where they have all the, the, the different goods and stuff. And I'm looking, and there's tons of isopropyl alcohol available. Mm -hmm. There's tons of, of, and these are, are acceptable alternatives. Or they can easily be transformed into a reasonable proximity of a of a. I was going to say, what is it? It's 70% it's, uh, rubbing alcohol with aloe vera and you can put in some essential oils for smell and stuff like that but 
basically it's aloe vera and 70% rubbing alcohol. And you basically have hand sanitizer, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. With the aloe vera, it's going to be add a moisturizing element, and it's also going to gel it up a little bit. The 70% hand sanitizer, I think you, you said it to me the other day, alcohol is one of the things proven to kill this virus. Yeah. That doesn't mean you can go out and, and just, again, we're not medical professionals, but trust me on this one, you can't go drink a 40 of alcohol and say, oh, I've cured myself. It doesn't Why work that way. Why take the chance? <laughs> <laughs> That'll be a joke for our visual viewers. <laughs> but uh, actually, too much alcohol does lower your ability to mm -hmm. fight. So uh, moderation is the key for everything. Um, and uh, give it time. Uh, just putting it on for a couple of quick seconds or a small, small amount of it, not really properly covering your hand is not killing anything. Uh, you want it, kind of get it liberal, get it in in around all the joints and the creases and stuff. You got a hand sanitizer there? Yeah, I was trying to see. I, I For some reason, it sticks in my head. It actually has a three-minute contact time or something like that. I was just seeing if it actually said it on this little bottle. Ethyl alcohol ingredients warnings. Yeah, it doesn't really say, but... And I could be wrong on this. Once again, not a medical person, uh, not a doctor. I think it actually takes... Um, like to put it on a hard surface a couple minutes for it to actually kill viruses and stuff on your hands. It just assumes it stays on your hands. So therefore, immediately, yeah. like that, if you start putting it in and around your face, technically you may not have killed that virus right away. It takes a little bit of time. Just keep that in mind. Um, I noticed at work, they've definitely upped the, their game on cleaning doorknobs and stuff like that, hard surfaces that everyone's going to touch. Uh, things like that. But again, in the woods, these aren't generally problems. You don't have a lot of doorknobs. Uh, Should not a lot. <laughs> Handrails, maybe. But even then. Uh, parks, maybe. It, it'll only survive so many hours on any surface. I think it doesn't, it, it's not overly uh, resistant to a lot of stuff. Uh, Are there different certain, things on that? I, I don't know. Once again, do your own research. Um, certain surfaces are more prone to keeping it alive than others. Um, and I think certain amount of sunlight, the UV rays in it is, are, are quite beneficial. But all of it takes time for it to affect. So if somebody was handling it very recently, the chances are much higher the longer it goes between someone touching it chances go down and if you keep your, everything clean your chances go down even more so it's just stacking those out those odds in your favor is what's going to save you here uh, you said certain surfaces are better than others notice everybody the bracelet i normally wear and the white spot you can see around my wrist yeah you can really see it there yeah. uh not wearing my paracord bracelet and us as bushcrafters we are a community uh, some of us wear those faithfully. Like I've never taken mine off for the longest time, minus like showering. Cause I didn't shower with it. I washed it on its own and I'm not wearing it period now. It's just that. And the beard is trimmed a lot shorter. They're actually recommend shaving it off. Um, I look literally terrifying without a beard. So. <laughs> I, I've taken mine down as low as I can go. Around you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, like uh, people tend to avoid me because I kind of look like Lurch. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> right, buddy. I, I can't wear something because I just look like I'm threatening somebody. I don't know why, but we all have our thing, right? Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the gist of it. I know this isn't really the... Uh, the norm conversation we have um, and we, we try not to be political to understand we really don't have any affiliation with any political party or or beliefs but we are we do care about the community as a whole especially the bushcrafting community and our our, our families and uh, I, I feel that this is something that really is going to affect all of us to some degree or or or, or another um, They've taken all the kids out of the schools in this area. They've 
they've closed down the daycares. They've asked us to stay home as much as we can. Uh, people are terrified. Um, please keep that in mind when you are out there and you do have to intermingle with people for to get your groceries or deal with things you have to deal with. People are scared. People are worried. And some people are. High. Yeah. Um, so keep that in mind, regardless of <clears throat> of your background and the precautions you take. Keep that in mind. Uh, but do realize that we can still enjoy bushcrafting, even in this time. To, um, and I, I call it a bit of a scare, because right now a lot of us haven't been hit directly. Um, only been a couple of cases in this province, I think, so far. Nine? Uh, Last I seen, nine presumptive cases, I think. Yeah. One to three confirmed. Because uh, if anybody's not familiar with the process, there's a couple places around that can do the preliminary testing, and then there's only one or two places where it can go to be confirmed. Basically, they have a little bit more sophisticated equipment to 100% guarantee you have it. Yeah, so I think Winnipeg is where they go to get final Yeah, that's it. I couldn't remember if it was Winnipeg or Manitoba, but... Yeah, um, and, uh, okay. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's something to keep in mind. Uh, get, But we can get out there, we can enjoy it. I, I'm trying to get out as much as I can, but I'm home now with three little girls, and we are trying to limit our contact with other people, so... Um, We've uh, we've been catching up on our, our YouTube videos, uh, trying to catch up some some of the, my bushcraft buddies, their videos and stuff, some podcasts. This is a great time if you can't get out. This is a great time to catch up on a lot of this stuff because uh, all my ac after evening activities have pretty well been shot down. All my kids' activities are closed now. Um, everything we had planned for for March break um, was pretty well closed. Uh, so. It's changing our plans, going to affect your lives in some way. Hopefully it's small. Hopefully it means you just didn't get to see the the mummy exposition down in, uh, in Discovery Center. I am bummed about that. Of everything, honestly, Ben, I am bummed about that. I have been planning to go to that for like two months now. So ah, see, <laughs> we should have been talking about this. We could have went the same time. <laughs> well maybe we still can it's just going to be a while <laughs> and that's what I'm hoping I'm hoping this I hate to use the term blows over but I hope this that we get by unscathed in time too I think is the yeah. more correct term to use I know I have family that are, are are getting on in years that have health issues and I really hope they they do kind of completely miss this. I hope that they do come out with a decent uh, vaccine in time to really make a big difference. Um, I do expect you will see it in, if not this year's vaccine, next year's vaccine will have something to deal with this type of virus. Um, I heard Montreal, there's a firm in Montreal that's made great strides already in replicating it using plant-based... think... And once again, I just think uh, human trials have started on a vac. I don't know if it's a vaccine or a um, a vaccine is a pre preventative. Uh, yeah. The one I'm looking for is if you have the symptoms, it helps you greatly. What's what's the word I'm looking for, Ben? Anyway, they they're trying something in Seattle right now that uh, for those that are carrying it and have corona. Uh, they do have some sort of medicine that they're testing. And don't get me wrong, there's a far stride between the initial tests and official public release. But they are testing something there that they are claiming is going to make things a lot more easy on people. Yes, yeah, so my, my understanding with all this stuff is viruses are hard to fight. So what we do is we treat the symptoms. Um you know, you have a cough, we treat the cough. We can't fight the virus directly. The body has to do that. But the more comfortable you can make the body, the more you can hmm. prevent it, the virus from from making your body unable to, to do what it needs to do, the more your body's going to be able to fight that. So if you can help yourself breathe better, if you can help circulation, whatever it happens to be fighting, if you can help that, that's going to help the whole body recover. It's going to, to help. 
alleviate that stress on the body. Uh, so that's one step. The other step, most vaccines are a weakened version of the original virus. So something that looks and acts like the virus but doesn't have the strength to really do anything. The body sees it, learns how to recognize it, and learns to attack it. And then that's what creates the vaccine. Your body now has the, the antibody in it to fight. The other thing they're harvesting is the antibodies from people who do survive from this. So if somebody has it and, and beats it, they now have antibodies in their blood that can be somehow, and I do not pretend to understand how, they can harvest those and potentially uh, use that to help others. Uh, obviously, that would go to the people who would be most greatly affected uh, and not uh, absolutely everything. And it takes time and money to develop that technologies. Uh, and I'm definitely feeling we got way out of our league. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, I, this is stuff I have read online and I'm regurgitating very poorly. Once again... Yes. Ben and I are not medical professionals. We have limited medical training and experience. Uh, we are regurgitating what we have read, have formulated in our own minds, and have talked back and forth about. And this is our opinions. Um, yeah. So 100%, guys, don't take what we're saying as this is the word of the gospel. This is our opinions with the little bit of knowledge and experience we have to just... Hopefully get the ball rolling for you guys to dive into it a little deeper on your own. Uh, the majority yes. of this whole episode was we did talk quite a bit about the coronavirus and some of the effects and what it does and all that good stuff. But the main point of this episode is you don't have to be stuck at home. You can go outside. You can have some fun. Bushcraft is a great outlet to do that. Uh, it's a great time to take the kids out, start teaching them things. Like there, There's options available. There's ways that we can cope with this as a society, as a social clique, as a group of people, bushcrafters, uh, to alleviate our stress, still help the people around us by staying socially... Um, already lost the word, Ben. What am I looking for? Social... Distance. Distance. Yep. By staying socially distanced, distanced from them uh, and still have a little fun. So, that, that, like I said, main point, we can do this. We've never been better equipped to do this. We can now get things delivered directly to our door from around the world where we actually don't have to talk to or touch anyone. We can talk to people without touching them. Me and you do this every week. Every week. We hardly ever get to see each other, but we can have conversations. And we can see each other face-to-face -face through, through video conversation. This stuff didn't exist when we grew up. Like You couldn't do this. This no. was the stuff of you know, when you think back to when, you know, we were kids and, and most of our viewers are the same or even more so. And many of our viewers maybe think this is crazy, but, um, you know, the, the simple phone call was a lot harder than it is now to video chat. Like everyone in this in my house now can video chat with anyone they want, anytime they want, multiple people. That there, my phone has more technology in it now than my computer had when I was, hell, probably up until I was 18? And probably actually well beyond that, because I'm thinking when I was 18, all I had was an old Pentium 3. And I can guarantee you this will run loops around it. Oh, yeah. Um, I've seen a picture years ago where they had, like, the boombox and the Walkman and the old, like, shoulder-mounted VHS uh, video camera and all the stuff, like, the, the, the big... The Texas Instruments calculators and stuff, and he had all the stuff laid out around. And in the next picture was a guy with a phone. And basically, what they were saying is everything in this previous picture has now been replaced by this simple unit that's not a hell of a lot better, bigger than than your wallet. You know what I mean? Like, it's TVs had nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Do you remember rabbit ears? There's a whole generation that don't know what rabbit ears are. That's what oh. baffles me, man. But we digress. That's another episode right there, I think. But but this is it. Like we, we do most of our podcast is done through phones. Um when we do videos in the woods, it's generally done through phones. Uh so the technology is there that 
this makes this so much easier. Like we have it so much easier in a lot of ways. Does does it suck that you know we can't just go over to our buddy's house and sit down and have drinks and we can't run to every store we want and we can't do all yeah, sure. But we could you know, this some someone said was it fifty years ago or it was more than fifty years ago, it was you know, almost a hundred years ago, you know, previous generations were called to war. I mean World War One was you know, going on nineteen eighteen or something. Yeah, it ended I was going to say I I know when the Second World War started. And this is my history is terrible, but yeah, I think it was nineteen eighteen. Anyway, regardless, it was a while ago. But you know, they they were called to leave home and go to war. They did none of this. We're asked like they said, sit on your couch. And when we were kids, we had two channels. Where I grew up, I don't know. Maybe you had three. You might have one. Oh, you had one. (laughs) We had one, and it was ATV. If anybody remembers ATV, and when the channel used to go off air at night, was amazing. Yeah, yeah. You get out in the morning, you can see the color, the the color test. Yeah. If you fell asleep with the TV on, your parents kicked your butt. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Anybody that's old enough to know why we feel your pain. So we had CBC and NTV. I can't believe you didn't have CBC. Couldn't get it where I was at. You had to have like a 15-foot antenna to be able to get CBC down in Barney's River. Okay, now. Now, we had the antenna at the back of our house, and it went 50 feet up. Like, yeah, no, we didn't have that. We had the old rabbit ears that literally jammed on the back of your TV. So ATV came in yeah. grainy as heck. Yeah, yeah. That's how our C- er, NTV was for us, but... Um, yeah, and I can remember trying to watch was Bob Newhart. Me and my sister, we'd sit up there, and you had to have one. Yeah, it was yeah. awesome. It was, uh, so, yeah, we now have Disney+. Plus. We have Netflix. We have, um, I'm going to say crack, but it's not. It's, is it the... Uh, oh, I know what you're talking about, but I can't think of it at all. It's Chase? No. Uh, Crackle? Crackle? Crackle something. No, crack- I've seen that written crackle. somewhere. Was dead. Uh, <laughs> uh, but it was. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not that. Yeah. I I do YouTube and I do Netflix. That that's my happy zone. Yeah. Anything else is a little too far. And anyways, yeah, YouTube. We have all these options. I mean, we're we're on YouTube. Of course, we have YouTube. Uh, we have all kinds of options. Uh, I highly recommend if you're if you're new to the channel, go back, listen to all our shows. Crave. Gary comes Crave. through again. Crave. Thank God we got Gary. <laughs> yeah, he's the third unofficial member of this whole team. He keep he's like the the molecular bond that keeps us from completely flying off into space. Oh, the short wolf in the valley. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah, I was I was hoping Gary or uh, Jeremy would come along and read that himself. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> but anyway, uh, we kind of. Blew off track there for the last five minutes. I think we said all we can about the coronavirus. Um, yeah, we we, we we weren't planning on doing that, so uh, no. thank you, listen. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, as always, guys, uh, do your own research. We already said that, but I, I love to reiterate that. Do your own research. Make your own opinions. But our opinions uh, are... Take it seriously... And listen to the direction of the government. I know. I, I, I just, that coming out sounded wrong. But honestly, listen to the social distancing. It, it's not so much based on the government as it is based on health professionals. The government's just adopting it. So let's go with listen to the health professionals. Because, I mean, I almost gagged when I said listen to the government. But <laughs> So listen to the health professionals that know more than we do for sure, and for the majority of the population, probably know more than you do and have done studies on this. There's the odd doctor out there that's probably got his arm crossed going, I don't think they know more than me. And you know what? Maybe they don't. You do your thing. If you've got that kind of education, I'm not going to stop you. You're already over my level. But for the majority office, it's a real threat. It's a threat that if we do, if we all do our part, we can greatly minimize. Yeah. For sure. Um, yeah, so 
as always, you know, get out there, have fun, take care of yourselves. We want to see you next week. We want to talk to you. Um, take take it seriously, though. Uh, the worst that can happen if we take it seriously is it turns out to be not as bad as we predicted, and everyone comes out of this great. That is the worst that happens if we take this seriously. If we don't take it seriously, the worst that can happen is we overrun our, our health care system and more people succumb to this or suffer much longer than needed. And nobody wants to see that. So like you said earlier, it'd be way better to overreact and come out of this great than underreact and regret the, that decision. And be a train wreck. And what's the old proverb? Uh, those who don't learn from their past are destined to repeat it. We don't have well, to go that you, far back. <laughs> no, I thought you were going to say an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of pain. <laughs> oh, that was that or a pound of pain. An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of pain. Yeah, fair enough. But yeah, no, the big one I was going to say was the um, sure. if you yeah, want to look at the history of this, uh, and I hate to say this to our friends overseas, but look at Italy. Uh, there's people there telling them, like, it's all over the internet. Like, they're the first ones to say, we didn't take this seriously and look where we're at. The rest of the world, learn from our mistake. Uh, don't do well, what we did. And, I mean, they're being gracious enough to say that outright. And they're not saying, oh, woe is me. They're literally saying, guys, we screwed up. Don't do what we did. So we don't have to look that far back into our history. Literally a week, two weeks, to see what happens yeah. if we don't take this seriously. Yeah, that's it. A pound of cure. An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. I was going to say, a pound of pain sounded a little vicious. but. And I'm noticing looking at our thing in the corner as I'm doing this, I talk with my hands so much more than you do. I can always see it in the corner going like this, and you're just nice and prim and proper. I try. Um, (laughs) So... One of my side jobs is is uh, adult education, and I'm not very good at it. Um, I'm learning. Uh, it's part of the education part of it. But they do tell you, like, control your hands. Because uh, some people are all over the place. And if your hands are going like this constantly, then that's all people see. And uh, it's and very distracting. It is, depending on what you're teaching. Uh, I deal with adult education as a motorcycle instructor, and they're the other way. They're like, you got to show with your hands. So that's unfortunately where I'm at. I'm always trying to like reenact the actions with my hands because try to explain the clutch and the gas and gears and you know. It, but anyway, I am going to make a conscious effort to try and hold on to the arms of my chair. So you're going to show me how to drive my motorcycle next year. Sure am. <laughs> Don't do what I do. That's all you have to do. <laughs> Follow me. Do nothing of what I'm about to do. No, we're both quite good with motorcycles, so we should be, we're fine. We, we did get out last year on them. Hopefully we'll get out again this year. We shall see. I know you're getting quite busy this year already. Mm. Uh, yeah, so anybody that is waiting on a motorcycle course, unfortunately, if you are in April, we can't, we ask to those, so. That's freeing up camping time. It is freeing up camping time. I'm free for most of April now. <laughs> Anyway, everybody, that's it for me, because I can talk all night, as most of you know. I'm just throwing that out there, buddy. <laughs> Anyways, back to y'all. Have a good night, everybody. <laughs>